This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We are live with you on this Sunday afternoon, previewing the NFL Draft Picks 9 through 16. And today, joining me again in this conversation is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, we really like talking the draft, and and uh, a lot of football stuff is happening right now. Um, we I just texted texted you a couple, well, a few minutes ago now, and uh, let you know, and maybe you already saw it, but Eddie George gets hired as the Tennessee State University head football coach, and uh, so that's interesting news. Uh, Eddie George is a football coach. What do you think of that? Yeah. Um, well, again, you know, being there in Nashville area for a long time, it'll be a very, very positive PR thing for Tennessee State. Um, create a lot of excitement. And um, in some ways, uh, unless the climate has changed in the last couple of years I've been gone, it'll probably be another big PR blow to Vanderbilt. Um, everyone in Nashville will really rally around Eddie George and um you know, they, I don't know if they'll draw alumni, but I think the, the general football fans will at least look that way uh, and see how it goes. Whether he's a good coach or not, you know, uh, I have no idea. Recruiting should be very good. Um, and again, PR-wise, which is probably what TSU has needed for a while, um, it'll be very positive. And, of course, you know, he can draw guys back in. He can draw alumni back in. Uh, people to be involved from there, and they have some big name alumni. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and anytime there's a a hit to Vanderbilt, it doesn't hurt anybody in our family's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt had had an interesting 2020. Uh, that's a whole other podcast to talk about the uh, the kicker situation and all the other d- different things going on, the opt outs and stuff like that. But that's another 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 conversation for another day. Today we're talking NFL. Uh, last week, after we had the podcast previewing picks one through eight, the New York Jets and Carolina Panthers finalized the deal to send Sam Darnold, quarterback, to Carolina for draft picks. Let's start with the simple question. Uh, who do you think won that trade? New York Jets getting back a, what was it, a sixth rounder this year and a second and fourth, I think, next year? And, uh, of course, Carolina receiving a starting caliber quarterback in Sam Darnold. Who do you think won that trade? Well, um, I don't know that there were any losers. I think Carolina, um, if Darnold turns out to be the quarterback they can you know, run with, then that's going to be great for what they had to give up. That would be really good. Uh, the Jets, I don't think lost because one of the things I heard a lot this week was, and I think it's very true, Carolina, you know, they're saying, okay, Sam Darnold, Bridgewater, they'll compete. Well, I don't think there'll be 
it'll start out that way, but they could survive that. Uh, the Jets, they're obviously now going to pick a quarterback. Um, a quarterback controversy would have been a big distraction for them. It would have been a distraction for whoever they draft, um, whether it is Wilson or Fields. Um, you know, it looks like it'll be Wilson. Um, so I think it clears the way for them. Uh, doesn't do a lot else this year, but they have a lot of draft picks this year, and it'll, it definitely could benefit them in the future. So I think it clears the way which they needed to do uh, if they're going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, and you know it's been said now for months that Zach Wilson was the guy going to the Jets. I'm all in on that. I I, I don't necessarily know that that's the best choice, um, but I haven't watched a whole lot of Zach Wilson football. But uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad choice either. And I, I thought you could have done some stuff with Sam Darnold, keep him and build and and whatnot from there. But they've decided to start fresh. I think for Carolina, I think for Carolina and for Sam Darnold, it's an awesome trade. Sam's getting an opportunity now to go into a place. It's going to be his job. You know, all the talk right now is T- Teddy Bridgewater won't be there too much longer. He'll end up either getting traded or released. Um, and, you know, they won't get much out of him in a trade, but he won't he won't stick there. P.J. Walker, the backup quarterback, was the XFL star, uh, and he provides enough, enough security behind Sam Darnold that they can let Teddy Bridgewater go. So, you know, I think it's good for both of them. I think uh, Sam Darnold getting in a new spot is a, is a positive thing for him. I wanted to see him get an opportunity somewhere else. Um, and, you know, Carolina, they've got some building to do. But nonetheless, uh, they've got a quarterback now to build with uh, for sure. I feel bad for Teddy Bridgewater. You think about this, uh, you know, he had the, he's probably the only quarterback that I can remember that had a bad pro day. Um, I don't know if you remember that or not, but his pro day was was horrible. He threw the ball really bad. Ends up getting drafted by Minnesota, gets the horrible injury. And then since the injury, it's been – he's shown that he can play, but he hasn't been able to hold a a job. I mean, he was in New Orleans, and when he filled in for Drew Brees, he was undefeated. And then he gets the job at Carolina, and uh, and just like that, he's he's either a backup or getting traded somewhere else again. So I do feel bad for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, He went to school just down the road from us here, from me in Louisville. Actually, not far from you either, but Louisville. And – just a tough career arc for him, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the draft. Last week, we previewed picks one through eight. Uh, I had four quarterbacks going picks one through four, including Atlanta. I, at this point, I think Atlanta is going to trade trade back. But um, do you think the Sam Darnold trade affects the first eight picks of the draft? Obviously, it'll affect a little bit what Carolina does, I think. But um, how does it affect the first eight picks of the draft? Well, I think, like you said, one, it does affect Carolina. So Carolina's not going to move up uh, to get a quarterback. I think um, now, um, with it being said that the Jets are going to take a quarterback, I think it all has to do with who San Francisco takes. I think there are several teams, maybe even some that haven't been talked about much, that could come up to get a quarterback um, if the guy they want is there. Whoever Sam San Francisco doesn't, if – if um, Trey Lance is there, if Jones is there, and somebody really wants them, if they pass on fields, I've got to believe somebody's going to make a big move up to try to get uh, him. And it could be with Atlanta. The thing about Atlanta, though, is a team can let Atlanta, Atlanta – again, you think Atlanta may pick a quarterback. I don't think they will. Um, if they don't take a quarterback – 
pretty sure the Bengals and Miami are not going to take a quarterback. I think Detroit, I've heard that talk this week, and I think it makes a lot of sense for them to trade. If they could pick up a lot of picks and really help build their team a little more, because when you look at it, Jacksonville and the Jets have enough picks to really kind of restock. Miami does too. Detroit could be in that same category with a trade. And no matter who, uh, what happens with the Atlanta pick, Detroit, I think, is is a target for somebody to come up to because there's still going to be at least one quarterback left um, from there. Atlanta, again, I, I just don't think they'll take a quarterback. Uh, it depends what they want to take. Um, you know, if they really want Pitts and, you know, they really probably need to take him there. I don't know how far he would fall. Um, if it's a wide receiver, there's going to be three or four wide receivers uh, that they could choose from. And it looks now to me like, boy, the offensive line could slide and there's going to be two or three really good tackles um, after Carolina, you know, after Carolina picks. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think this shakes it up a little bit as far as people knowing direction. I think the key now is San Francisco, and I would guess they you won't they won't tip their hand. You won't hear anything much till draft day on there. They could go ahead, and um, but of course the Jets would have to officially say what they're doing too, and even Jacksonville. So um, I think you're right, Atlanta. I think prime to trade down. I think Detroit's prime to trade down, and um, you know, I hear a lot of different talk even about the other picks, you know, Cincinnati, Miami, being up here close to Cincinnati, I heard a real strong argument that, um, you know, they'll pass on the wide on the, on the offensive line until the second or third round. And uh, if that's true, then it's got to be Jamar Chase. So, um, makes sense. And, um, so I, I think this is going to be a very interesting first round of the draft. And even after you get past Detroit, there's teams that could move up. I mean, you think Chicago is set, but, boy, they need a quarterback. Like you said, Washington needs a quarterback. Never know what Vegas is going to do. Um, they could use a quarterback. If they get a shot at Fields or Trey Lance and they really like him, wow. I mean, they can make a move pretty quick. Um, and they've got a quarterback they can trade where somebody can, you know, pick up at least a legitimate backup or someone car can challenge for a job. Yeah. What's interesting is, you know, this week a lot of talk came out about out of Dallas saying that they are enamored with Kyle Pitts and desperately want him. So it, let's say Dallas trades up to four with Atlanta. Atlanta drops down to 11. They're still in line to get one of the, the top five quarterbacks. <laughs> if they're even sitting yeah. out but then you've got, you know, the Lions, you're right, are prime. They could trade back as well. Because you look at the Broncos are at nine. We'll talk about them in just a minute. They could trade up for a quarterback. Uh, you've got the Washington football team. Let's hear with the Patriots at 15. Washington football team is at 19. Bears are at 20. So once you, if you get um, something crazy happening and you still got two quarterbacks on the board by the time you get to, to Detroit's pick at, at seven, that's a little bit more attainable to trade up to seven as opposed to trading up to four for some of the teams like Washington and Chicago. So it'll be interesting to see. It, it's going to be, a, I think those first, the first four picks are going to be really, really interesting. I think San Francisco, I still think San Francisco is, is, is throwing up a smoke screen. They're going to take Trey Lance. That's my thoughts at the moment. 
Uh, although there are more and more reports coming out saying, no, they're taking Mac Jones. But you have that. And then um, and as soon as we got done with the, the last episode, I started looking at Atlanta some more about an hour after we got done. I was like, they're not taking a quarterback. Um, so I don't know. I, I would change that Atlanta's not taking quarterback, but I still think it might be quarterback at the top four picks. I just think Atlanta might trade back. Uh, on that and pick up some more pieces. So that'll be interesting to see. Before we get to picks 9 through 16, I want to mention that today's episode is sponsored by Blue Coolers. We are in outdoor season right now, camping, fishing, hiking, and any other outdoors activities that you do. You need a solid and dependable cooler uh, while you're out there. And so look at Blue Coolers. Blue Coolers is they've got all kinds of different uh, things, but one of the greatest product they have is a 55-quart cooler. It has a 10-day ice retention. It is also... Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Uh, let's see here. It is a five-year guarantee on, on parts as well and, uh, and then more affordable than the other leading brands. So Blue Cooler is where you need to go to get your coolers for outdoor season. I would like for you to use the links that we provide for you. We've got those in the comment sections of this video. We'll also have them in the podcast notes uh, uh, for you after we're done here with the live edition. We'll post this in the podcast version and they will be in the notes there as well. So the blue cooler link was there for you. If you'll use that link, they'll know that we sent you and we will surely appreciate you doing that as well. Then we're also sponsored by Skull Candy. Skull Candy is uh, headphones. And earbuds, true wireless earbuds, uh, great products at a very good prices. You can get uh, your Skull Candy products. Uh, again, we would ask that you please use the uh, the links that we're providing for you. I'm putting them right now. I turn that off so you can't hear it, but I'm putting them right now in the video comments. Uh, so they're there for you on Facebook and uh, Periscope and uh, Twitter. And uh, so they're there for you. Then they will be in the podcast notes as well. So make sure you go get yourself a new set of earbuds or a new cooler and use the links that we provide for you there for Blue Coolers and Skull Candy. All right, Dad, let's get to it. Picks 9 through 16 is what we're looking at today. We're starting with uh, the ninth overall pick, which currently sits at the Denver Broncos. We're going to pop up a screen here if I can do it correctly. Maybe. There it is. Uh, this is, uh, uh, by the way, these, these graphics that we're going to show, we've got a couple of them that we'll show today, were made by Belly Up sports and uh, their football department. I'm going back right now to look for, sorry. I should have written it down. Uh, I want to give credit to the man, the myth, the legend, Dylan Springer from the football department. Uh, he's actually interning currently at Belly Up Sports and he made these graphics. So thank you, Dylan, for letting us use these graphics in the show. 
Ninth overall pick, the Detroit Broncos, Detroit, Denver Broncos uh, in here as well. And so let's see here. They have Vic Fangio, which I thought was going to get fired uh, this last year. Did not. They got Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator. Ed Donatell is the defensive coordinator. No major losses for Denver this year. They bring in uh, Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller to help fill out the cornerback uh, position. They could still use some cornerback help. Quarterback, you know, Dad, what are your thoughts before we get all the way into this on Drew Locke as far as a Denver Denver quarterback of the future? Um, I was thinking that last year they were kind of – they were good with him, that they were building that way, and um, that's what they were doing. Um, and I'm not so sure they won't stay with that. Uh, again, I think if there's a quarterback, because they could really help their team if they don't have to take a quarterback. They could get a real quality person in there. Um, but again, if it's a guy that's – there's definitely guys that would probably be better than Locke. Whether a lot better, you know, is Locke a good – Could he? is he going to develop into a good starting quarterback? I think he could. Um, a lot of it depends on what you have around you, and Denver didn't have – I don't think a lot, um, you know, so they can build up around him and probably help him a little bit too. Um, it may be a no brainer with Denver going up to get a quarterback. If not, they're sitting where they're going to get um, a really good football player. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's a no brainer at this moment, but depending on what happens with San Francisco at three and then what happens after that, it might be. I mean, if you got a, if you're sitting there looking at a guy like Trey uh, Trey Lance or uh, Fields, you know, it, I think it's worth the move. Now, if it falls the way that I have it falling, Mac Jones is the only quarterback still available at nine. And again, come time for mock draft and stuff, I might I might be uh, believing that San Francisco is taking Mac Jones. I'm just not there yet. They they could use a good quarterback. They could use another corner. Uh, linebacker is definitely a spot that's necessary for them. O line, you can never go wrong. Uh, everyone always has needs on the O line. Even the defensive uh, uh, defensive line could use some help in Denver. They play the three four. Uh, also, there, uh, according to the list that I have, uh, Mac Jones, Rashawn Slater, Micah Parsons, uh, all available. Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, top cornerback, still on the board as well. You know. Man, I just don't know. I was kind of leaning towards Rashawn Slater here at this Denver pick. Micah Parsons, though, out of Penn State, the linebacker is a guy that I'm a huge fan of, and I think a team's. I think he's kind of like the uh, the Georgia linebacker that went to Chicago a couple years ago, and my it just slipped my mind what his name is. Um, oh, I can't believe I just forgot his name. But uh, nonetheless, it's he's going to be underrated. He's going to drop just a little little bit, and he deserves to go in the top ten, I think. So I think Micah Parsons is a good pick uh, here for Denver. Um, you know, but I mean, you look at these guys that are available. You know, they're not going to take a running back at number nine, but uh, these cornerbacks. You got the, the the top three cornerbacks still on the board. You got to think about that as well. I mean, you know, defensive backs in today's league are super important because of the the massive offense going on in the league as well. So uh, that's, I think I'm going to go with uh, Micah Parsons here at Denver at this point. Again, this could all change with trades and things like that. So it's not my official mock draft yet, but that's where I'm kind of leaning, leaning for him right now uh, for sure. Uh, the next pick is pick number 10, which is the Dallas 
Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Uh, let's see here. Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, they bring in Dan Quinn, a great hire, defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They lose cornerback J- uh, Jadobi Awuzi, Andy Dalton, backup quarterback, and then Xavier Woods, the defensive back. They bring in a big addition, Keanu Neal, safety uh, from Atlanta. Bring him in. They've got some needs, offensive line, tight end, defensive tackle, cornerback, safety needed as well. Uh, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on Kyle Pitts, Dad, but everybody says Dallas is in love with them. Is he worth trading up for, or do you think it's better to sit where you're at at 10 and, and take what, what's available? Um, well, it's always tricky with Dallas because the owner's the guy that does the picking here. So uh, it's not – you know, a coach's consensus. It's not necessarily looking at needs and everything from there. If you look at the coaches and who they hired, then it makes sense. You know, you've got defense to look at. Um, there, and you never have enough good offensive linemen. Of course, everyone has pretty much said Dallas will get a cornerback. I think Dallas could trade either way. I've seen how Dallas trading down, getting a lot of picks. I don't know if that's really where Jerry Jones um, it, he loves to make a splash and, uh, probably going up and getting pits is the type of thing that would make sense for him to do. Um, and pits, you know, supposed to be one of those generational tight ends. Um, and you know, they're committed to Dak Prescott. Now that would make a lot of sense. Um, but you know, what are they going to have to give up? Um, again, I think when you're talking about Atlanta, and even Detroit, it doesn't make sense for them to move without really helping themselves because they're going to drop out of a really good position. So, you know, can Dallas offer what they need um, or will they, you know, will they give that up? You know, will they switch picks and give a second and a third or whatever? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't think Atlanta or Detroit will give that pick away, especially not Atlanta. It wouldn't make any sense. Detroit, you never know. But um, I think um, I think Dallas, you know, could go either way. They could stay where they're at and get a really good football player. They can probably get the cornerback they want, staying where they where they're at. Um, and um, again, that's everybody has said that's a need. I think the difference is, you know, could be Jerry Jones. That's a wild card. And um, I don't know the Pitts is worth going up for, but. I mean, if you want him, you're you're probably going to have to move up. I don't think he'll – anybody thinks he'll be there at 10. All right, what about this crazy scenario? Uh, Atlanta trades back to somebody. Someone goes up and gets a quarterback at four. Cincinnati's on the clock at five. They have their pick of, of any player that's not a quarterback. Um, so you're talking Pitts, you're talking Chase, uh, offensive line, whatever it is. Um, Dallas could trade one of their receivers because they've got three of them. They're not going to trade C.D. Lamb. But you got Amari Cooper and you got Michael Gallup. That's there. They could trade one of their receivers and some draft picks to move up to five and get the tight end of the future. Um, and I mean, you're talking about basically trading a starting wide receiver for a starting tight end. If Pitts develops the way that he should, I don't. I don't know if that's something that would happen or not. But I don't know that Dallas is going to be able to pay everybody. <laughs> At some point, you're going to run out of, out of room to pay everybody. You don't need three receivers and and at the very least you've got two number ones and one number two receiver in Dallas right now um I like all three of those receivers but nonetheless you know that that might be something to look at too Dallas willing to part with a player and not just picks that can can help a team out 
uh, you know, as well. That's that's true. And Dallas has the players to do that with. Um, now Miami traded up to get back up to six. You think there's any chance they would still make a trade with anybody? Or no, I don't think so. Somebody they want there. Yeah, the way I understand it is they went back to six to make sure they get a top receiver, uh, receiver or tight end. So they're either going to get Pitts at six or one of the Alabama receivers if Chase is not available. Um, so Chase, Smith, or Waddle from Alabama, and then Kyle Pitts. One of those four guys is going to go to Miami at number six uh, there. But again, if you got people dropping, and Detroit's another team that needs wide receivers, would they trade out of that? for a receiver and picks. I don't know. It's just an idea throwing it out there um, to see. But I think Dallas, where they sit at number 10, cornerback makes the most sense because I believe they're all going to be on the board still. So Patrick Sertain from Alabama, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, and then uh, Farley, I think he's from Virginia Tech or West Virginia. I forget now. I think Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, yeah. Yeah, Farley available as well. So I would. I think that's a great spot for them to take take a cornerback. They could go offensive line. Uh, at this moment, we got Rashawn Slater still available. But I think it makes the most sense for them to take cornerback at this spot if they stay where they're at and don't move up. Uh, and, you know, they're also a spot that could end up moving back. You've got teams now that are – Starting because uh, if you're if you got a quarterback landfall in the first four to six seven picks, now all of a sudden you've got all these top tier guys, wide receivers, offensive linemen, stuff like that, cornerbacks that people might be trying to come up for as well. Could be a spot for Dallas to actually move back at this point, but I don't know that that would happen. I've got them taking a cornerback there at number ten. Uh, number eleven is the New York Football Giants. Uh, they bring back head coach Joe Judds, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett and defense coordinator Patrick Graham. They lose Dalvin Tomlinson on the defensive line. They make a big pickup with Kenny Galladay at wide receiver. Their needs, I still have wide receiver as a need. They're not going to take them in the first round, I don't think. Offensive line, they need edge rushers, and they need cornerbacks as well. Um, Still available, according to me, at the very least. Uh, you got J.C. Horn. You've got Waddle or Smith, one of the two, which might still be there. Caleb Farley, um, inside linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and then an offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker also available at this point in time. Um, you know, I think if Rashawn Slater is still there, the Giants make the most sense to go offensive line because they've got. And you're looking at their team right now. Uh, Daniel Jones, there's still some question marks around, but Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. Kenny Galladay, that's there. Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. They've got uh, Sterling Shepard and um, Slater there at wide receiver still also. So they've got a team, but they've got to protect uh, in order to do that. I think offensive line, if Slater um, or even if um, uh, Sewell falls, those two guys, if either of those guys are there, it makes the most sense, I think, for them to go offensive line. Yes, I, I think the offensive line would be probably where they'll go again, depending on how it drops, because um, you're going to have a top offensive lineman, and I think protecting Jones and just being where they're at on the offense, that makes the most sense. Uh, the only issue is going to be, again, if you w- which defensive players slide and how high do you have them ranked? You know, if, if they have a shot at the number one corner, um, and you already talked about Micah Parsons. Yes. So, you know, is it, do you get a player that, oh, you just can't pass them up on defense, but it may have the same thing on offense. But again, a couple of those tackles may be gone. So then, you know, do you look at 
Vera Tucker? Do you look at Darasaw? Do you look at the kid from Oklahoma State? You know, do they warrant that pick compared to a really good defensive player? I'm looking right now inside linebacker. Um, I think I think Parsons is an inside linebacker. Is that right? I don't. How that I say that, it, it makes me worry that I'm wrong. I, he's not an edge rusher, so I mean, they're listing as linebacker. Yeah, so Reggie Raglan, Blake Martinez are the starting uh, middle linebackers right now, inside linebackers for the Giants. Those are both pretty solid guys. But I, I'm a huge Blake Martinez fan. When he was in Green Bay, he's a tackle machine. Uh, Reggie Raglan is new, is relatively new to the Giants, but pretty solid, great college career, pretty solid. He's out of Alabama as well. So I don't think Parsons is, would go here just because there really isn't a need at all for him. I think uh, J.C. Horn is a possibility, the cornerback. I think uh, Farley is a possibility. But I think offensive line just makes the most sense here, especially if one of the top two guys. But, you know, you said it too. If one of the top cornerbacks, if, if the top cornerback is available, depending on how they had him rated, if Sertain's gone, they might have another guy that they had ranked over certain. Uh, I mean, I've seen that a lot with with Horn and and even with Farley a little bit. So you know, who knows if you got the number one cornerback on the board on your board uh, still available, that makes sense too. But I just think offensive line right now. Let's see here. They've got Nate Soldier, uh, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Zach Fulton, and Matt Pert as the offensive linemen. Will Hernandez is there also. I just uh, Andrew Thomas, who they drafted last year. Um, is still kind of coming in a little bit. So I don't know. I, to me, it makes sense for them to go ahead and, and, and shore up that offensive line uh, there for the New York Giants. Pick number 12 is the Philadelphia Eagles uh, via the Miami Dolphins uh, after that trade. They have a new head coach, Nick Sirianni. Um, to me, this is the most head-scratching hire of the offseason. Shane Steichen is the offensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. They lose safety Jalen Mills and obviously quarterback Carson Wentz. They bring in safety Anthony Harris. They have needs at wide receiver, O-line, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. All right. Well, the big question with the Eagles is pretty simple. Jalen Hurts, is he a an NFL quarterback or is he going to be just kind of a uh, around for another year or two? Um, I mean, I think he has potential to be the quarterback. I know you've liked him. Um, I like him. I think he's, I think he's got potential. I don't like the deal yet. Well, he isn't going to be, um, you know, he didn't have the, the full shot last year. And again, if you're going to have him be your quarterback, then you have to look at what can you give him around him? You know, are you going to talk wide receiver here? Are you going to talk offensive line or, you know, again, defense at this point, like we've just said with the Giants, it's really going to depend on who's falling. If there's a big run on offensive lineman early, which it doesn't look like there would be right now, and the same way with cornerback, there's at least three top cornerbacks. Um, and a guy that'll pop up, maybe not in this discussion, but next week for sure, is seems to be interesting is the safety. There's that one safety that's just, they say, is one of the, one of the best that's come down the line. Um, you know, it looks like some people could move up to take him, uh, or he could slide way down. I've, I've seen him go down as far as the Packers. So it really depends. Yeah. Uh, you know, at this point, according to my board, you've still got, uh, uh Micah Parsons available. You've still got one of the Alabama receivers available. Whoever Detroit doesn't take is the way it's set up on, on my board. 
right now. So Smith or Waddle available there, um, which I think would be a great value pick for them. They they desperately need, <laughs> desperately need wide receiver help, um, you know. And and what they're going to do, how they're going to run the offense uh, through Jalen Hurts is definitely an interesting. Uh, a, an interesting thought as well. I am a big Jalen Hurts fan. I'm, I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm not an Oklahoma fan. But what I saw out of Jalen Hurts in his college career reminded me of Deshaun Watson in the sense that I don't think he's as talented as Deshaun Watson, but he won at each stop that he was at. He was the perfect teammate from what everybody says at Alabama when everything was crazy there and he was losing his job. Um, he was a perfect teammate there, finished out that year before going to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, he steps in, he leads the team, he wins games there as well. So I think Jalen Hurts has the potential, but he is going to have to be coached correctly. He's going to have to be in a system that makes sense for him. And if they're not going to adjust things for him, then no quarterback can succeed if they're not going to do that. When it comes to linebacker, Philadelphia's um, linebacker situation isn't great. Alex Singleton is on the weak side, strong side, Sean Bradley, and the middle linebacker is Eric Wilson. That, that's not great. So Micah Parsons here might be awfully tempting, but I think if you got a top-tier wide receiver like Smith or Waddle available, I think you've got to pull the trigger on them at this case because they're looking at uh, Jalen Rager, which we know nothing about. He didn't do much in his rookie season. You're looking at Greg Ward, who? You're looking at Travis Fulgham, who had some great games and some, some great things. They had J.J. Arcega Whiteside there as well. They need a legit number one receiver, and I think Smith and or Waddle could be that for them. I just think it's too hard for them to pass up. So I've got Philadelphia going wide receiver here if Smith or Waddle is available. But I think Micah Parsons is an interesting interesting thought for them as well there. And you're talking about Penn State kid in in Pennsylvania with, with Philadelphia. So, you know, I don't know. But I think wide receiver is the obvious pick if one of those top guys is still available. Uh, did you reach out to to your Philadelphia source this week and see what he thought? No, no, I, I, I didn't. I should have, but um, I'll have to see what he have to see what he thinks on that. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring that up again the next episode, and okay. uh, you've got a source close close to the team, kind of uh, there as well. Uh, next yeah. pick is pick number thirteen, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. I can't believe I got that one right. Um, we got head coach, new head coach Brandon Staley comes over from across the street, actually across the building for the Rams. Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. Ronaldo Hill is the defensive coordinator. They had a lot of losses. Hunter Henry, linebacker. Denzel Perryman at safety. Rashawn Jenkins, uh, excuse me, Denzel Perryman's linebacker. Rashawn Jenkins is the safety. Mike Pouncey retired. Melvin Ingram is currently a free agent. Casey Hayward was cut and currently a free agent. Trey Turner was let go as well on the offensive line. They bring in Corey Lindsley, who's the center from Green Bay. And uh, Jared Cook tied in and offensive guard Matt Feiler as well. They've got needs at wide receiver, offensive line, running back, defensive end, linebacker, cornerback as well with guys available according to our board. Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and Elijah Vera Tucker also available. Uh, Chargers are an interesting team. What's Brandon Staley going to look like as a head coach? What are they going to do? offensively, those kinds of things as well. So what are your thoughts when it comes to the Chargers? Um, again, you know, it looks like they've got the franchise quarterback. 
So, you know, do you help him here? Do you go get a tackle? They have helped some things with the offensive line uh, with Lindsley, and they picked up a guard. Um, again, I think it depends which tackle they have rated, but there's at least three or four you see rated pretty high, and there should be one of those left. Again, like we just talked about, what about the cornerbacks? Uh, what about uh, the wide receivers if somebody slides there um, that's really high high ranked? I think as far as need, tackle would make sense um, from there. But, um, you know, I think cornerback could be a possibility also. Yeah, I like Parsons uh, and Farley at this spot right here. Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Parsons, the linebacker as well. I think defense is a situation. They've got some some decent uh, defensive players, obviously. They, they've drafted well uh, and the uh, safety position especially. But I think when you're talking about the number one linebacker available and a top three cornerback available, especially when you cut uh, one of your best cornerbacks on your team, in Casey Hayward, he's he's played really well. So that seems to be the most obvious one there. I just don't know how you could pass uh, on Micah Parsons, honestly, at this point. But I've seen him drop pretty low in some drafts as well. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Farley here for the Chargers to see exactly you know what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and when I do my mock draft, official mock draft, I'm going to have a hard time guessing uh, uh, what I'm going to do at this spot. It's going to get really, really tricky at this point. But nonetheless, that's where I'm going with cornerback uh, Farley, which leaves Parsons available. Uh, number 14 pick is the Minnesota Vikings uh, in the NFC North Division. Mike Zimmer, the head football coach. Clint Kubiak, uh, son of Coach Kubiak, is the offensive coordinator. Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer split the defensive coordinator position. They lose safety Anthony Harris. They bring in cornerback Patrick Peterson and Xavier Woods. They bring in defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, let's see here. Another cornerback, Mackenzie Alexander, and then center Mason Cole as well. They've got needs. Um, offensive line, tight end, defensive end, linebacker, and cornerback right now is a pretty big need as well because they've got a guy, Jeff Gladney, and some major, major legal issues, like looking at jail time legal issues as well. So, uh, you know, if Caleb Farley's still on the board, that's one that makes a lot of sense. So we have him going the pick before them. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Kuromoa, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, Quiddy Pay, uh, defensive end, and uh, Michael Parsons, linebacker, would be guys that we've got sitting here at this spot as well. What are your thoughts with Minnesota? Um, consistently, it seems like you see, you know, projected almost always uh, offensive line, one of the tackles there. And that probably um, makes sense. Uh, they could use an edge rusher. I don't know that there's an edge rusher that, that warrants going that high um, at this point. And um, we'll have to see. One thing, you know, like you keep talking about Micah Parsons, and I believe that's true. The question is, if he starts dropping, there's two or three teams later in the draft that really need a linebacker. And I've seen some stuff this week about somebody trading up about the middle of the first round here to go get somebody that really drops, like a Micah Parsons. Um, so I think that's something to always keep in mind with some of these picks. Probably everybody we've talked about so far wouldn't trade back. Um, you know, Minnesota could be a possibility for that, depending on what they got uh, in place of it. 
Um, but I've seen offensive line pretty consistently um, with them. Yeah, you know, and, and man, you got Elijah Vera Tucker available. He's a solid offensive lineman uh, for sure. You got Christian Darisaw. He's an offensive tackle that's available at this point as well. Um, you've got some other talented players. You look at cornerback uh, Craig, Greg Newsom uh, from Northwestern as a guy to look at also. So, I mean, there's some options there. I think offensive line makes sense. Uh, Vera Tucker, probably the most likely candidate here. But, uh, I mean, again, I just it's so hard to pass up. That You're right. They might be a good trade-down candidate as, uh, as well. Uh, possibility there for sure uh, with Parsons still on the board. Also, uh, and then the next pick is the New England Patriots. Why do we even guess what they're going to do? But Bill Belichick is the uh, head coach, of course. Josh McDaniels, the offense coordinator. Steve Belichick, I believe he's the defense coordinator. There's not official title there for him. They lose offensive lineman Joe Thune, uh, also Marcus Cannon. They bring in two big tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Wide receiver, they overspent on Nelson Aguilar. Safety, Jalen Mills. They bring in Kendrick Bourne as well, wide receiver. And then a good offensive line pickup with Trent Brown. I think they need wide receiver help. They need some offensive line help. Uh, quarterback is an interesting spot here with Cam Newton at quarterback again. The big-time running back, uh, they could use one of those. Their running backs by committee hasn't been as successful as they'd like it to be. Defensive tackle, linebacker, and cornerback all needs here. At this point, we still have Mac Jones on the board. I think someone will have traded up by now if he's still available. But Mac Jones on the board, uh, Kadarius Toney from wide receiver, Najee Harris from Alabama, Christian Darisol, Elijah Vera Tucker, Quiddy Pay, all um, options uh, here as well. Um, and of course, we still have Parsons on the board too. I mean, if Mac Jones is available, and you've got the ties that uh, that Belichick has with Saban. Surely he's not making it past New England, is he? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that Mike Jones would be there. I see a lot, and I it would, I would think New England's team is going to move up and probably move up to get a quarterback. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see those first four picks, who's left after that. But, um, you know, New England has never been scared to move around in the draft, and I, I think it makes sense that they'll go up. Um, they could even go up and get someone else if it isn't a quarterback. You know, again, um, they could be in the market with Pitts. Um, they could, um, you know, again, you depend on the corner cornerbacks, how they fall. Wide receiver, I've seen somebody list, you know, Devontae Smith was still available. Um, they take him. Um, so, you know, like I said, Belichick's an interesting one. You never quite know what's going to happen there. But I think um, they may be – if they've got a quarterback they want, they'll go up and get him. And it'll just be interesting to see whether they're, they've got several they're choosing from or if they just want one. And like I said, Jones probably makes sense with them. Belichick's ties with Saban and uh, knowing the system and it seems like the kind of quarterback, um, you know, that, that could really fit. Yeah, I, mean, I think Belichick, if you're talking quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, both make the most sense to me um, there in, in New England. But everyone's saying New England's going up. And when's the last time anyone had any idea what New England was doing? I, to me, they're not going up. To me, they're either staying put or going down, uh, going backwards, trading with someone else. Maybe if there's a quarterback available here, maybe Las Vegas jumps up 
at a couple spots and takes a quarterback. Maybe Washington jumps up a few spots or Chicago, things like that. I don't. I I just can't believe that uh, Bill Belichick is now someone that everybody knows what he's going to do. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't think they're going up. Uh, now, if the right situation is there, obviously, and it makes sense for him to, by all means. But uh, I mean, yeah, you're right though. If there's if there's a, one of the top three receivers on the board, sure, they need to take him. But I wouldn't be totally shocked if New England trades back in the first round to go back and get. Uh, Najee Harris from Alabama later in the first round uh, would not surprise me at all. Uh, as we're doing this, we're not really doing trades. So I'll have them staying where they are. And I think uh, Mac Jones, if he's available, goes here. Uh, I think Elijah Vera Tucker's a, a real possibility here. And again, if Michael Parsons is still available, I mean, my goodness, um, it'd be hard to pass up on him too, knowing Belichick's just way he is with defensive players and things like that. I, you know, I think, uh, but I think Mac Jones will go ahead and take him off the board, so we don't have to keep saying his name uh, at this point in the draft. That brings us to our last uh, pick for the day at number sixteen. It's the Arizona Cardinals uh, head coach, offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury, and then they got Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator. They lose some key players: Hassan Reddick, Patrick Peterson, uh, Kenyon Drake, and Mason Cole. Their center all gone. They do bring in. A center from Las Vegas, Rodney Hudson. They also sign A.J. Green, wide receiver, and J.J. Watt comes over from Houston as well. They do have some needs at offensive line, tied in, running back, linebacker, and cornerback. At this point, with uh, according to us, according to me, Micah Parsons is still on the board. He's gone right here to Arizona. He's not going to fall past this point uh, to him. Arizona's a really fun team, Dad. What are, what are your thoughts on Arizona? Um, I mean, again, depending how everybody falls, but I think according, you know, with us or in looking at it, um, one of the top three corners could be there. And if so, then I think that makes sense. Uh, that's where Arizona would go. Um, if you had Horn, um, or Farley, uh, or yeah, I've got that too. Farley you know, there, is an interesting, there, uh, interesting I one think there. As we're we're starting they to probably break couldn't up pass again. that. Um, take him off for just a second. We're starting to break up there, Dad. We'll try to get you back here in just a second. Uh, Arizona, um, like you said, uh, the, there's a top corner available. Originally, I had Caleb Farley falling all the way down here to Arizona. Um, at this point, I think Micah Parsons, if he's still there, it makes sense for them to go ahead and take Micah Parsons here, um, especially with some of the losses that they've had this year. They've got an interesting vet squad there, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, uh, Rodney Hudson, all coming in. Big-time signs, big-time additions here for these this uh, Arizona team for sure. And to have that uh, available there for them to bring in this leadership into the locker room uh, is really intriguing, I think. And so to have that that possibility and and uh, and then to add a top talent, whether it be a Caleb Farley, whether it be a Micah Parsons, maybe they go Elijah Vera Tucker uh, here. There's some definitely some options. I still think it's too high for a running back, even though they have needs there. Um, it makes sense to, to hold off on that. That's a position you can get in later rounds as well. And so I don't expect that to be the case. Uh, there. 
but it's definitely an option. We're going to bring dad back in here. We've switched him over to a different device. There he is. We got you back now, dad. Thanks for doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, like I was just saying, you've got all these veterans in Arizona now when you're talking about uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's there, A.J. Green, who's there, J.J. Watt, who's there. They bring in the the center that's going to be big for them this year as well with Rodney Hudson. So a lot of talent, a lot of uh, veteran presence. It's a great opportunity for them to add someone special to the team. And like you said, whether it's a top-tier cornerback, um, whether it's a guy, you know, I, I even got Greg Newsom here. He's the cornerback out of Northwestern as a possibility. But I think if one of those top players like um, Micah Parsons is available, I just I can't see them passing passing on that. I'm excited to do a full mock draft. Um, I just want to wait till we're a little closer so, so I can have time to listen and, and read up and things like that a little bit more. But uh, I don't. I, it's amazing at 16. I think Arizona here is going to walk away with with a, a super talented kid that could be with their team for a long time moving forward and continue to build that uh, that that playoff acumen and a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. I guess my question with Arizona is, can Cliff Kingsbury be a Super Bowl-winning head coach in the NFL? Um, I mean, he surprised me in the first year. There was no doubt about that. Same way with Murray being a surprise. Now, again, I think his health will always be an, an issue um, because of his size. I don't think his size affected him being a quarterback, but anytime you got a guy that runs a lot, that that scares me. The history's not real good with that. But I think for the next couple of years, they're looking really good. Um, I think a lot of the coach you know, has to do with attitude, getting the players on his side, and I think he has that. And... Um, Again, you know, in some ways you say he's in a real tough division, but everybody kind of slid last year. It looked like Arizona was going to win it there for a while. So um, I think they're in a good a good division as far as being competitive. And, um, again, draft will be important for them to get some good players, but they pick some up. And um, like I said, they've got some you know, great wide receiver. They've got some things to work with. So, um, like I said, they should get a really good football player here. They need to. And, um, you know, they, they, yes, I think they can be competitive, and I think he could be successful. All right. So that's picks 9 through 16. Our next uh, football episode, we will do the next uh, eight picks. It's going to start with the Las Vegas Raiders. Dolphins, Washington football team, Chicago, Indianapolis, Tennessee, the New York Jets, and the Pittsburgh Steelers will all be covered in the next next round. It'll be our second time talking about the Dolphins. And uh, then we've got some fun conversations to have between Washington and Chicago when it comes to quarterback conversations and things like that as well. A lot going on in that. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Coolers and by Skull Candy. We've got a link for both of those in the comments section of this live videos. And we also have uh, available on the podcast notes that will be put it, posted here shortly um, after we're done recording live. And uh, that'll be there for you. Get yourself a new cooler when you're ready for outdoor. 